welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is April the 1st, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today we are continuing our series on the Defender Podcast, looking about how COVID-19 pandemic has affected uh, and impacted uh, the work of Lifeline Children's Services, but also inviting you to get engaged in different ways. And so today we are joined by Carla Thrasher, uh, who is our International Adoption Director, as well as Josh Caldwell, who's our Vice President of International Services, to talk specifically about how our international ministries and our international adoption program have been impacted through the COVID-19 pandemic, but also uh, to just give encouragement to any families who may be wanting to enter into an international adoption experience and or those families who are in the midst of international adoption experience. But before we get to this interview, I want to remind you that currently Lifeline has a $500 scholarship for all families that enter into uh, an international adoption journey. And so those are $500 scholarships that have been released from the Hope Scholarship Fund. So we're grateful for many generous givers and donors who have given to the Hope Scholarship Fund to give us the opportunity to be able to give these $500 scholarships. And while this was certainly not planned on our calendar, we decided to go and make sure that we could give these scholarships to families, knowing that there is extreme uh, financial uncertainty in these times of COVID-19. And so if you are interested in inter-country adoption, know that through at least April the 12th, we will be giving these $500 scholarships. Uh, apply today and we can help you get that scholarship. Or if you're a family or a, a partner who would like to help other families, please give to the Hope Adoption Scholarship today. Without further ado, uh, we are joined now by Josh Caldwell and Carla Thrasher. And uh, friends, I just, the first thing I want to know is, you know, obviously our international adoption programs are still open. They're still viable. Right. Even though we're sheltered in place in our homes and socially distancing and even though there are travel bans right now. Right. Things are still going on. Paperwork is still flowing and it's going on. So especially now, it's so very important that we're able to place waiting children in families because these children that are vulnerable are getting vulnerable and vulnerable more and more every day. And the need is great and it's growing every single day while kids can't get into their forever family. So I guess for, for both of you all to give us your perspective. How has COVID-19 affected intercountry adoption, both the in-country process as well as now the, in the, the process here in the United States? Yeah, that's a great question, Herbie, and thank you again for uh, just this opportunity to speak with our families. And thank you guys for being on today. I know there are many of you today that may be listening that may be a family or that may be able to impact someone around you that's been thinking about adoption. It's still a good time to talk about um, starting the adoption process and those things. But, you know, when I think about um, how this is specifically impacted, I kind of take a step back for just a minute to think about my adoption journey. I think about other adoption journeys that I have uh, supported families on. And Carla, and you could definitely attest to this, that we have seen many types of slowdowns, closures, 
you know, things happening in different countries around the world in a process outside of a global pandemic. Like we've, we've been working with families for years where we've seen things that would happen in individual countries <clears throat> that would cause something to potentially slow down or cause something to be adjusted in the way that we, the way that we uh, do that in the moment and the way that we help the families there. So we're working in an experienced area from, from that perspective. Obviously, this is unprecedented that this would be a global um, pandemic, meaning all out of our countries affected at one time. But we have an amazing team that is able to come alongside our families and help give them updates. And I think one thing just to be really upfront about it that has, has come from our uh, that has directly impacted the adoption processes through COVID-19 is our staff. Our staff is working remotely. They're working at home, but we're really working to communicate well with our families. <clears throat> so communicating well with our families as well as trying to communicate well with the countries in which our families are adopting from because each of those countries are communicating in different ways and just, just looking at that. So communication has changed, but we're really working hard to communicate well with our families. So that is one thing that has directly impacted through this is the way that we are communicating to our families and the way that we're receiving communication that has definitely slowed down a bit, but we are also still receiving that communication. And it's, um, it's a time that we're working hard to continue to get that communication. Absolutely. And I think too, to bring it down to a little more specific information too, what we're seeing um, internationally as far as in-country processes are as the virus is impacting specific countries, we are seeing those in-country um, processes slow down. So the finalization of adoptions, paperwork that involves government offices. Um, government offices could be working with um, a smaller staff at this time. They could be focusing on only urgent situations. So that's causing paperwork to be slower in the other processes. Um, just the restrictions in the airlines um, has impacted travel back and forth, which of course um, impacts um, the families going back and forth to complete processes. Stability in country. Um, it's really important to us that um, we are still considering best interest of child and best interest of families before we would send a family to a country. We want to be sure that we can support you as far as hotels, as far as, you know, places where you could um, eat or, or have food that, that would be available to you. We're also the quarantines on both sides, making sure that families understand um, if you are able to travel to countries, there's a quarantine possibly in the country where you're traveling, but also then possibly when you return to the U.S. that could impact what your process looks like, the expense of your process, time away um, from work and time away from your family. And then on the domestic side, just real, um, what we've seen just in the past couple weeks as, as the United States is now experiencing the impacts of, of COVID-19, we've seen a slowdown just with NBC, just the fingerprinting process specifically. We've seen some, some consulates on U.S. soil that are limiting hours, um, impacting being able to get visas or, authentic, or authenticate paperwork. Um, just kind of a slowdown with government offices mostly. Um, but just to reiterate what, what Herbie and, and Josh have both said, the need is still, is still great um, for families to be coming into the process and pursuing the children that are waiting. Um, the first part of the process, home studies, things like that, clicking along, education, you're able to do your education, completing the paperwork necessary in the preliminary processes. 
So we are seeing that probably the first three to six months, there would still be plenty that we're able to do and get under our belts towards the culmination of the actual finalization of an adoption before families would be impacted. Yeah, and I think even as we talk about that, you know, we know that right now, Lifeline has at least four families that are impacted, who are in countries, we're servicing those families, loving on them and caring for them as they, uh, as they shelter in place uh, where they are. Also, mm -hmm. certainly, uh, we know that we have over 25 families who are waiting to travel to go uh, get their children. And so there, there are a lot of difficulties that this is presented, but I, I love what both of you have said. Unfortunately, the world is riddled with issues, and, yeah. and a global pandemic is is something that affects the whole world. Uh, but these are not uh, these are not issues that we haven't had to deal with before because of a global pandemic. What what do you guys see as the process going forward? You know, do we believe that this is going to stop intercountry adoption? Do we believe that there's a process that's going to go forward? If a family were saying, "Hey, I still feel led. I have the ability, the capacity to provide a home for a child." Is this still viable going forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Herbie, because, you know, when I think about the, I think, yes, international adoption is going to continue to move forward, actually. And I say yes, very confidently, because I know just a couple of days ago, very specifically that we matched a child with a family in India. I know we've seen paperwork come back from China and we've been able to send dossiers to countries and those be accepted. We've seen families be able to <clears throat> work on their visas while they're in country. So even in the midst of this, we are still seeing parts of the process moving forward and we're actually able to um, see some of that happening even today. But as we look over the next few weeks and few months and into the fall, I definitely see over the next few weeks and few months continuing to see some of these parts of the process be able to move forward. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think we'll be able to see the process of international adoption moving forward. And we are working hard to continue to improve processes during this time, as well as communicate really well about future processes with these countries and helping give them updates when they're asking us during this time. And it's really helped us to allow us to open some lines of communication to even talk about how to do things more efficiently and effectively in the future. I think China has been a good example of what we can anticipate going forward. That's where the virus began, the epicenter, of course, as you guys know. Um, we're seeing China slowly going back to work. And even as of this week, people having less restrictions on them regarding their mobility, um, just the stability of things in country, circumstances in country um, is starting to, to look better and better each day. I think from here, what we're going to see is we're going to see countries watching to see what happens around the, the rest of the world as far as maybe not even if, if the virus um, has decreased in their country enough, they're going to watch and see what numbers look like in other places um, before they would invite people that, that could have been exposed back into their country. But after that, I feel like, as Josh has said, um, the, the need for international adoption and in-country processes themselves have not been affected by this. It's strictly been more related to travel and people coming and going from different places all over the, all over the world. Yeah. And so really, even as we talk about that, what are, what are some, you know, ways that the Lord has allowed us to continue mm -hmm. to lead and guide families during these times, like with encouragement and, 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 and those types of things. And, what are we prioritizing right now with families? 
Yeah, I'm going to jump in here. I've been so proud um, to be a part of Lifeline at this time and to be leading Lifeline families. Um, from the moment we started seeing what was going to happen first on the China side and then as other countries were, um, were impacted, we really looked at this like an opportunity to spread the gospel and to see the Lord be glorified. Um, it was really encouraging to see families be able to put aside, um, you know, processes and that were that have been so important and just anticipating travel and all of those things. It was really encouraging that they were able to see this was something so much bigger um, than even their own adoptions and to jump in and pray for our teams in country and to pray for waiting children and to pray for hurting nations. And then we saw families give towards providing supplies for countries. Um, we sent probably over, you know, I don't even know at this point, maybe 10,000 surgical masks um, to Asia. We sent hand sanitizer. We provided air purifiers, you know, just whatever we could do initially. And those families have just continued to be an encouragement, not only to each other, but to our team, um, to, to families now that are coming behind them, experiencing the same um, types of, of, of trials and storms. And I have just so appreciated that we've been able to keep our focus on just this being an opportunity for the rest of the world to see the Lord and to see how Lifeline really wants our focus to first and foremost be spreading the gospel to the nations. And, um, you know, aside from this being a pandemic and impacting so many people in negative ways, um, it, it has been a great it has been great to just be a part of watching the Lord work in our team, in our in-country team members, many of them who are not believers, who maybe for the first time are, are willing to listen to us, um, talk more about the Lord and the gospel, are open to, to reading Bible verses with us. It's just been really an encouraging time, um, just despite you know what is actually happening. Yeah, that's that's just an awesome testimony, I think, Carla, to our staff and, and mm -hmm. to what we're seeing them be able to support families well. And just a couple of quick testimonies of families supporting other families has been really pretty awesome to see the prayer that we've seen on social media for mm -hmm. families wanting to pray for each other, families that may be in country or families that may be waiting, mm -hmm. um, past families and current families coming together to pray for each other and then allowing our staff to join in together there. It's just been really, really awesome to see see us being able to be a part of that. And as far as leading and guiding uh, families during this time, Herbie, I think it's just been really a good opportunity for us to be able to, um, to continue to focus on what the Lord is doing and His, um, his might, His provision, and His way forward. And I really think we've been able to, to be able to share that with families that we are relying on him we are trusting in him remaining faithful and that he is provider and through all that we're going to continue to honor and glorify him and so being able to help lead and guide families to point them to christ has been our main focus there harvey we have a yeah, core group of about 10 families that um this is they're on week nine of waiting to travel um, this, this, these are our china families that were first impacted and it was, you know, it was really interesting just to watch over time. You know, at first our response was, we're going to jump in like superheroes. We're going to do whatever it takes to get families to countries and children home. And then it was interesting just to see how the thought processes move towards 
This is going to be in the Lord's time, and it's going to be his perfect time for families to travel and bring children home, and how families just really latched onto that and started saying the same things to each other and started saying the same things back to our team. And, you know, I'm a mama myself, and if somebody, you know, nine weeks to be separated from a child that you consider to be yours, that, you've, that you love already and you can't wait to hold, that's a long time. Um, uh, and just to see these families just be as patient as they've been and, and to just know that the Lord is holding all of this in his hands and to be okay with that. Yeah, so even as we close, what are some of the ways that we have seen the Lord just continue to work and admit, admit this global crisis? How can people help? And if folks do want to enter into the adoption process, uh, what, what would those next steps be for them to do so? Yeah, we've, we've definitely seen the Lord at work in the midst of this global crisis. We have seen um, our partners that are in our adoption partners. We've seen them reaching out to their communities, which has been pretty amazing. We've seen people reaching out to our adoption partners and caring for them. We've really seen kind of a global church um, focus of the church of Jesus Christ caring for each other. And I think that has been something the Lord has put on people's hearts and lives for them to be able to do. And so that's really been an amazing thing to see what the Lord has done through there. And I believe that people can help. We are continually in need of uh, scholarship money for families. We have the Hope Adoption Fund. And if people would like to give and donate to that, um, we would love to be able to help more families through scholarshiping them to help them move forward. And in times like this, uh, financial things do become difficult and we want to support them. And your family could help another family through donating to the Hope Adoption Fund. If you're interested in that, you can go to our, life, our website, lifelinechild.org, to learn more about how to give to the Hope Adoption Fund. And if you're out there and you're interested in joining the adoption process or you know a family that is interested in that, every Thursday we're having webinars right now really encouraging families with what are the steps in the process. So you can go to our website, lifelinechild.org. You can actually go to our Facebook page is one of the best places. You can go to the events on our Facebook page and they're all listed there, all the webinars, and you can find out more information there. And we would love for you to fill out a pre-app or point someone to the pre-app. Um, on our website as well. That is the best first thing to get started so that someone can call you and someone can set up a time to talk to you about international adoption. So those are ways that you can get involved. And if you're interested in moving forward, don't forget about that scholarship that is available right now through Easter as well. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. And certainly I'm grateful for everything you guys are doing as well as our team is doing uh, to continue to reach out and to care for uh, those who uh, are, are overseas, those who are waiting for their children. And certainly, as I'm sure you can tell from uh, Carla, the, our team uh, understands the complexity of, of this process and the emotions that are involved in this process. And uh, we are grateful um, for all of the families who have joined into this and just pray uh, that, that many families and many children will be reunited with families and will come into families uh, even through this pandemic and this time. And so if you want to get engaged more with what we're doing through our intercountry adoption programs, again, you can always go to lifelinechild.org. Thanks, friends.
Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.